Alrighty, so welcome back for our third of um, our special episodes of our video game week for the uh, media in or music and media May. I have yet to say it right, so maybe by the time we get to Friday, I'll get it right on the first try. Um, and what we've kind of been trying to do over the last week is give different perspectives and just give a um, some descriptors in terms of uh, how music relates to video games, like the experience of playing it or the reflection after the fact. And we're trying to get some different viewpoints on it. Um, we've talked a bunch about at this point, Marissa's viewpoint and my viewpoint. Um, and we had Andy on, on Tuesday. Um, Andy was a bit of our, our less musically um, inclined or experienced. And then we went the other route. So this week we're going to try something a little different. And rather than do experience with music, we're going the route of age difference. So we have two of our uh, current students joining us. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So Luke, I'm going to pass it to you first. If you just want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, what you're up to and future plans and just a little bit of like a video game background. All right. Well, I'm Luke. I'm a senior. Uh, I'm also a violist, which is the best instrument. So I don't want to watch Tuesday. And he's trying <laughs> to I, uh, I've been playing video games since, um, well, for the last 18 years, basically, just that, you know, short of a time frame. And I, uh, I'm hoping, well, not hoping, I'm going to sales for, uh, you know, game design and, uh, you know, Blizzard Entertainment. I'm going to be the next Blizzard Entertainment. So I'm going to be the next big video game. Guy. Marissa, that's a big deal for context's sake. Blizzard's we, a big deal. I'm just proud of Luke with anything he does. So that's cool. <laughs> I'm just clarifying for you. Like, if you're setting your bar, that's pretty high. There's All not right. many you can set up. I like set that bar. Go for it. Trav, how about you? Hi, my name is Travis Geisler. I'm a senior. I play the cello, which is also the very best instrument in the whole wide world. And my gaming history, uh, since I was born, yes, I was brought into this world and I started playing video games immediately. The first thing I did was, I think, like, Nintendo 64, like the Wii, and then it's like PlayStation 2. And most of the games I play now are like uh, Halo, Call of Duty, Skyrim, and all that. It actually, it didn't occur to me until you just said that that way, Trav. But when you two, when you guys were like born and when you were kids, what was the first system you guys had, just comparatively? Um, the first that I've actually owned was um, the PS2. And the first video game I ever owned was... Uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. I got true Jedi in the whole entire thing, and I'm very, very proud of it. How about you, Luke? My first was a, a DS Lite, so like the little ones. And my first game was, um, well, it wasn't actually my first game. Me and John had to share. It was Mario Kart. So that right, all I heard. Mario Kart people. <laughs> Mario Kart's the one that Russ just locks in on. All I heard in that conversation is that half of like the history of games yeah. you weren't born for i was gonna and say I go was. back and watch the the podcast the last two days you guys can catch up on what you missed yeah we pretty much talk about everything that happened before you guys were born <laughs> um depressingly so um so i think that um travis you have a little bit of a an extra insight too i think you both have different insights in terms of it luke from a a, a more design perspective you probably pay attention a little more to how things are applied. And I think that uh, I'll try and call her Miss G for you, but Miss G has a bunch of 
good questions in terms of asking like how things are triggered and how things would happen and just how that relates to the composition perspective. And Trav, you were popping into my head over and over again when we were talking about um, Zelda because I felt like I was like, I feel like I was like, like doing you wrong not having you here talking about <laughs> Zelda as we were talking about it over and over again because um, we're, we've just been talking about it so much since you were going to do something for the concert. Um, but so I'm glad that we have both of your perspectives in terms of it. Um, so like the, the larger overarching question that we've kind of been talking about, we're focusing mostly on the music, but we're almost trying to frame it in like a larger perspective in terms of uh, video games as an art or what music does to contribute to that. So what are your, just, I know this is like a, this is a big water cooler conversation, but where do you fall on that in terms of this idea of, do you consider games you play art? And like, how does music factor into that for you? Want to go first, Luke? Yeah, I'll go first. I think I think video games are art because even though a lot of it is like math and like coding and stuff and the computers, the other half of it, what you see is, you know, like the art, what does it look like? And the music, what does it sound like? And, you know, like the characters and what they do and how are they written like, you know what I mean? So, and music plays a big part because it kind of helps you like, it helps you feel what's going on you know because a lot of the like i play a lot of like fight like world warcraft and stuff so you can't always there's not always like talking or dialogue because most of the time people are fighting you know what i mean so you get like your emotion from the characters uh from the music instead of like what they're saying you know what i mean so and i think that's i was actually going to ask travel get to you in one sec i was actually going to ask um kind of a follow-up in terms of that and i was going to ask the first time that you felt like really invested in terms of a game that you considered it art in a certain way but um marissa how much do you know about world of warcraft um nothing okay so just because this is interesting because um i think andy and i were very similar in terms of when we when we approached games we were very much like the last of us or uncharted or like these story like they're telling you this beautiful story and how they do it luke can you give give miss g like the elevator pitch of what World of Warcraft is. So World of Warcraft is a MMORPG, right? So it's a big world with lots of stuff to do with lots of other people. There is no like single player mode. So you go in, you make your character, you like choose your class, you know, a warrior or a hunter or something like that. And then you just explore the world. You level up, you know, you do quests, you help people out. There's two factions, the Alliance and the Horde, you fight each other, the other factions, you know, so there's like a sense of uh, community on uh, like which side you choose you know what I mean and there's like big boss fights and it's uh, a lot of it is just either working together with other players or trying to you know beat the bejesus out of other players yeah. and there's not so the thing I mean I don't know correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have massive MMO experience in terms of it there's no end to the game that's like right it's not yeah there's not it's yeah. not a story it's um it's the one that we find the most like uh kind of stereotyped i think when you watch like tv shows and stuff where it's like people need to do raids or they need to do this but you basically you like you make your ideal digital version of what you would want to be in the context of this world and people i mean how many hours do you think you have on your character for world of warcraft at this point luke uh that's a tough question uh six years worth of hours so yeah or, and 
Yeah, six years worth. So you're talking like I know. Look at her face. <laughs> so like, um, it's not uh, it's not something you leave. It's you live it. Like you get you get like pets well, that come with you, or you get outfits and things like that. What's What's the goal? What are you doing? The goal is to be awesome. That I know, but that just sounds as like turbulent as like what's the meaning of life why are we playing world of warcraft like well, what like, what are you doing your your goal is to like have enjoy it you know what i mean because there's there's many different things you can do so like i like pvp i like fighting other players so my goal is to get in as many battlegrounds as possible and kill the alliance you know because i'm horde for the horde kill more alliance people you know what i mean some people I barely hear a horde person but it doesn't shock me that luke's horde um, <laughs> it's a lot of it in all honesty is the socialization and this is where i think it's really it's twofold in terms of how it's interesting because um i don't know luke you probably have experience in this too and trav you might as well i um i was explaining to miss g the other night that i had friends that i played stuff with in college and i met their friends through playing things online with them and i had people invited to my wedding that i'd met a grand total of like three times in real life but i spent like hours upon hours with these people digitally just like talking to them and became friends with them through other friends how like when you play these things and do these raids you're talking what 40 people luke well not anymore now it's shortened to 25 okay but how many of those 25 do you know in real life probably none of them yeah so it's there's this whole sense of community and what's cool about it from my my opinion and i don't if luke if you disagree or have anything that's totally fine i you're you're live i mean fantasy fantasy and sci-fi are pretty much the same in terms of from a storytelling capacity um if there's nothing grounded in reality then it's really useless and people don't pay as much attention to it but you're just building community in a way that people don't always pay attention to do in real life but it's easier to do it when you hide it underneath like graphics and video games and things like that because you're more unified you get to communicate and things like that but then when you add this music above it you're basically scoring like your life your digital life as you do it which is really neat i don't know if you agree or disagree on that front luke oh yeah i got you i got you um trav how about uh how about you um with video games and music i am also i also love to like to see the story and be invested in the character and like luke was saying when a lot of times the character really don't see their face or they never talk and they don't really have that emotion that you can see from their face or like dialogue music helps a lot especially in like halo where you never see his face he bear the main character master chief barely talks and when, and then when I go into the game and I play as him, it's amazing how the music affects me and gets me invested in this character that I almost know nothing about. There's almost no backstory to the uh, to the first video game, to the first Halo, and you're already invested in the character after that game. No, definitely. I mean, I halo is a very important one and a very special one i think for sure um you might have both answered this just in that question with world of warcraft and halo but what's the first time you remember like being invested in a game or like the story of a game or the character of a game when's the first time you because i mean i love don't get me wrong i love mario i love Mega Man. i don't like 
you can put whoever you want in the overalls and it won't really phase me. Like I'm not invested in Mario as a human being. Um, when's the first time you remember being like invested in what's happening? Um, that would be the first game that I got for the Xbox 360, which was another Halo game, Halo Reach. And it was mentioned in other games that this planet Reach was going to fall. It was the last military stronghold for the human race. We know it's going to fall to the bad guy aliens, but we follow this group of six Spartans, this six, these six super soldiers. And one by one, you see them die off or get killed or go missing. And you see the relationships between each other and you, you feel bad for them and you want to see them go through like unscathed, but you know, it's not going to happen. How about you, Luke? Definitely World of Warcraft for sure. I, um, I was actually introduced to it by my cousin, my older cousin. We were over at her house and she was playing it and me and my brothers were like, what is this? What's this game? You know, she was like, oh, it's World of Warcraft. And we, you know, got it to play with her, and we thought she was the coolest player in all of World of Warcraft. She was so high level. She could do all this. She fought all these strong bosses and stuff, and, like, we would watch her play with all her friends, right? And they had all these cool abilities, and they had this awesome armor on, and I was like, I want to be that. I want to be that cool. I want to see what the coolness is at, you know, the max level and stuff. So that's when I really got invested into trying to hit that. I, I mean, I love the, I, I am not, I'm not a, um, an MMO person because I think I just get to a point where when it comes between that and the grind to that last little bit, I kind of, I fade out as best I can. And I just look for like a new story as it goes, but I have a lot of, a lot of friends and a lot of respect for the people that keep doing it and keep trucking through for sure. Um, so I want to, Travis, I want to, uh, talk back to Halo for a second. And before we go farther with it, uh, Misty, how much do you know, like you might not know specific moments in terms of the music, but if someone, if someone played the Halo theme for you or the Halo theme, would you be able to recognize it? You know, probably not, if I'm being honest. Um, we site read it in class and it went really badly um, one time this year, right? You guys remember that. It, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, I know it's kind of just like a, I, th I think anyway, it's just a lot of like ambient sort of sounding long tones and stuff like that. But I've only heard it in short clips. Um, so, yes. So I, I was just curious because um, from a, from like an iconic perspective, I think even the music itself speaking beyond the music itself uh martin o'donnell's the guy that composed it mm -hmm. he's arguably i'm not comparing them on the same level but i'm just drawing the parallel as best yeah. i can he's arguably like the john williams of Got it. Uh, video game composers in terms of like um the company that made it when they went to make their next game they fired martin o'donnell and it was like a it was like a riot on the internet they're like how do you make a game how do you make a game that's sci-fi and in space, but you don't use Martin O'Donnell? Like, how do you do that? How can you do that? And people literally are not over it still. Oh. Um, so he's like, he's iconic in terms of uh, his music. So it's really, I was just curious because it's, um, I, I just, I, I, I'm curious how much it like bleeds through and goes I mean, through it. I've definitely, I've definitely heard it. And the references to the Halo theme is probably like, 
people use a reference to that as video game music more so than any other video game music, um, like as a standalone thing. But I think it's definitely probably the most modern ex- like example that people use. I think beyond that, they go back to what we talked about in terms of the yeah. chip tune and the eight bit stuff. But modern, I think everyone latches real hard on Halo. Yeah. Um, so Trav, what about the music? Let's let's talk a little farther about Halo because I know that that one's that's that's like a big one for you too. What's um, what about the music clicks with you? The when I was first playing Halo, it was really like this, like some some of the angelic voices, like there's a choir, like the the theme, the ba da 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 da. I I can't sing, but yeah everyone or, that knows uh, will know what you meant right yeah there. we'll know Don't that worry. right there that's like the most iconic like phrase or piece uh like part of the music out of all of halo and also the string part i thought was just really cool and that's all right, that's a little bit of why i wanted to do the cello because that part da, 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 that, that was like so awesome and i wanted to do that but now when i do it it's kind of boring to play but I still love like listening to it, and I think there's a lot of emotion in it that when you're playing the game, you feel that rush or that excitement. And oh, there's all like there's also like a piano part that just really sings, and I I just kind of loved it. So, go ahead. All right, I just have like a just kind of side note question: When you guys are playing video games, are you like? actively paying attention to the music or do you think about it afterwards or do you listen to the soundtracks or like when you guys are actually in it are you paying attention to the music or does it just help with the emotional side of things you want to go luke yeah i'll go um i wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time because sometimes it's like oh no i'm about to die you know what i mean like sometimes you're focused on other things but a lot of the time yeah yeah i focus on the music Travis? I would say so too. Um, but maybe not as much in games like Doom, where it's kind of just the entire point of the game is just v- violence and that's it. <laughs> and you just go through, like, not just that, but like you're trying to save humanity and all that stuff. But it's really just a, a bunch of like running, jumping, and fighting. And the music in the background just pumps me up and that's it. And sometimes I just, and about the new Doom game, what's really cool about it is that they have something called a death metal choir, which has never been done before. And that's like the most I've when that come when anything that has that comes on, I do pay attention to it. I would I would venture to say just in terms of to go along with what uh, with what both Luke and Travis said is I think that from a compositional standpoint, they're they're pretty intentional in terms of that. And I think that um, it's interesting, you know, when you talk about like, we talk about video, like this, the stigma of video games or the purpose of it a lot of times is to do these crazy action things and be excited. But when you ask people to talk about the music from games, they don't usually talk about it in those excitement moments. They talk about it in the other stuff. And I think it's, it's, it's exactly like an action movie or something like that. Like you usually don't put, your biggest exposition in the middle of like your biggest action set piece, because you only have so many stimuli that can fire at once. Right. Um, So it is that in and of itself is an interesting question. Um, Go ahead. 
No, I just know like, so obviously I don't play video games, but when I watch a movie, um, I'm not like, I'm pretty purposely not paying attention to the music just because as a musician, it bothers me to sit there and like analyze all of these little bits of the music. I like want to experience the emotional effects of it. But then like when I went back for like, um, we did an assignment on Apollo 13 a few weeks ago, right? So when I went back and I watched that movie for the music, it was like a completely different experience and it was so cool. And obviously I was using a little bit more of my musician brain, but I'm just wondering, like, as you guys play through these games, it sounds like you are latching onto all of these pieces of the music. So go ahead, Jeff. Um, in Battlefront 2, which is a Star Wars game, I think that is the best example of like paying attention to a video game's music while also playing the video game because it's all about the atmosphere in that Star Wars game. It's all about being in the Star Wars universe. Like first time I played it, I go into the game, the lights, the sounds, the music, the main theme comes on. I'm I I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm Luke Skywalker. I get the like do stuff as Luke Skywalker. That's um, that's awesome. I want to go I, back to school so badly. Oh my! You bring it's such a good point when you say it like that. I I found myself different times. Um, not the same one, but mine was Spider Man, where there's like a recent Spider Man game that came out, and you're literally swinging through and you're diving off buildings. And I remember asking my brother. Um, I just thought it was such an interesting thing because the way you said that, I'm Luke Skywalker, and you freaked out. Like I'm sure, I'm willing to bet that both of you were, but Travis, I can almost put money on the fact that you were probably one of those kids that fake had a lightsaber and made lightsaber noises and like did that you whole thing. With one in Disney World. I still do. I watched I you do it yeah. in real life. <laughs> in Disney, that's right. Made me jealous. Um, but like I was, I did, had the same thing where I was playing Spider-Man. I was talking to my brother and I said, Patrick, like what, what do you think would happen if you went back to like six year old Kevin and said, Hey, just so you know, one day, like you're going to get a pretty close approximation to like, you can jump off this building, you can swing. And it's, there's this weird, like nostalgia that you didn't know was there when you do it. And star Wars, especially when the music's going. And like, I think, I, I think the same thing, I think it on Hoth, like, okay. So Miss G is not versed in star Wars either. So we got a, uh, Hoth is the snow planet. You know the giant walkers? Yeah, I actually do know what you're you talking me? about. Yeah. Okay, so like I totally agree with Travis. Like when you're playing the game and you look up and you see this thing like that and you just you have this out of body kind of like Yeah. Like you watch the movie and then you're in it. It's very cool. Um and then I think to your point also, Marissa, and to tie it a little bit back to Halo, I actually Halo is the first time I can remember um having the moment where I just smiled at everything clicking at once. Um, there's, so to, I'm going to, I'm going to dial it down vanilla for just to give you the idea in terms of it, but Halo itself is the ring that's in space. Um, and they have no idea why it's there, or how it's there in the beginning of it. So that's part of the reason. And there's more reason later, but that's part of the reason that that theme is very like choral and like long tones because it's this ethereal, like, we've never seen anything like this. And it's just this ring floating in space. And then the more intense stuff that is the reason Travis plays cello the way he does is um, that's like your intense war thing. So at the end of the first game, you're driving this car as this whole thing's falling apart and the music's playing. 
And they do this really awesome thing where as you go off jumps, it like ramps up and plays. And I remember laughing at one point and just thinking like, I can't believe this is like happening right now where the music's, it feels like you're playing a movie. And it was the first time I ever really had that moment of like, the music's clicking, like you're invested in what's happening and all these things. And it was just, it's very cool in terms of uh, how it all goes. So I would agree with you that it doesn't always happen it's more reflective at times, but there's definitely moments. And Halo was the first one that had the moment where I just went, this is wild. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Um, can we show that one clip yeah. that, I, that I that I sent you, uh, Miss G? Because that cutscene descri- like, is, like, is what um, uh, Mr. Fair is describing, like, right now. And it's, uh, it's just amazing. I think. Sure. Let's do this. One of the more iconic parts of uh, Halo 3. Yeah, so that was the part I wanted to show because uh, you can't, of course, you can't see Master Chief's face, but you can feel like the intenseness of the scene, and especially when that uh, p- the first piano chord comes in, it's it's it rings out, and it, I think that's just one of the uh, the better parts of the uh, Halo uh, music, and on like with the music, I think it also shows that like. Uh, Master Chief is more than just a soldier in this in the grand scheme of things he's almost like a knight in shining armor like he is the guy he is the hero of the story and you can never forget that I actually think it's interesting that you mentioned the piano thing because I remember so I remember the first time that like a trailer came out with that music and I found composition to me was like I couldn't wrap my head around music composition because um it was too overwhelming to me. Like I, I, the concept of it was just, it stressed me out. Like I couldn't think about it. Uh, arranging was different, but composition I couldn't even think of. And I remember watching a video so that the piano moments right there, that deem, da-dum, is literally the first notes of it are, it's an E and an E in the left hand far down on the piano and an E and an E high up on the piano. And I remember watching an interview where they like described this whole thing. And exactly like you just said, you have this guy that like this faceless hero and things like that. And he's silent. You don't always know what he's thinking, but he's like moving towards something. And um, the composer just talked about like, that just made him feel like this openness, but this intensity. And he said, it just, I just put my hand on the piano and I played these four E's. And that's the basis of like 
those themes and it just blew my mind like younger me in terms of this like so that's all there is to this like crazy thing in terms of she said it's for the same note and that's all it is and that that's wild to me and I remember specifically that moment musically um being very interesting to me what else you have Here. to say about that Trav um if anything. Yeah, it's like, like, it can be, like, a lot of video game music, sometimes it can be, like, very simple, but still, still hits you, and I think that's really cool. So, um, and I think I, I think I moderately know the answer to this, but when, do, this is for both of you, um, do you, uh, does the music for you, when you think of video game music, and I know there's probably instances of multiple things for you, but do you think of it more as, um, do you think of it more as just like the back, like the background music to like the cool stuff you're doing, or or do you pay attention more to it as a as a work? I think that's a, a loaded question. Just like an yeah, off yeah. the cuff one. Like, what do you? What does it more identify for you as? Is it like the soundtrack to your experience, or is it more like a piece of music you're listening to? For me, I think it's a reflection of the main character a lot of times because, like, again, before, like what I said before, you don't really get to see his face or see him talk, but the music is a reflection of you playing the game. And the, a lot of times it matches what you're feeling. Luke, how about you? I definitely see it more as like a work. Like, um, especially in World of Warcraft, a lot of the music is like, big orchestra, big band, you know, that big noise and being in, you know, Penridge Orchestra, I can kind of appreciate, you know, all the hard work that goes into the, like uh, the big sound like that, you know what I mean? With the many instruments and the, just the huge noise and stuff like that. So, um, so in terms of that and that appreciation, I'm going to moderately put both of you on the spot. So if one of you has an answer faster, then that's totally fine. But, um, can you think of i'm this is i'm moderately asking you to look at it in terms of my perspective because i i really try and find the emotional connection to it and where the music grabs can you think of the last time that you listened to either during it or after it the last time you listened to a piece from a video game that like emotionally just clicked or like you got what it was trying to do that would definitely be um, we can try and do it with no spoilers, but yeah. last night when I played that same exact mission that I just showed, <laughs> just to like just go over it again and to hear that the to hear the soundtrack again. I I have a question though about this whole emotional connection. So when we were talking with Andy, he was talking about how the music sometimes almost directs him as to what to do. But Travis, you seem to be saying it's more like reflective of your emotions so is the music to you just like to help set the scenery or do you think it actually drives what you're thinking while you play these games i think it does drive what i'm thinking while playing because in some games music can um what's it called uh point you in the direction of where you have to go or maybe there's something nearby, like in uh, Skyrim, you hear the like the heavy men's choir, 
and that could mean that there's like this like rune nearby that you can go and absorb some power from or like there's a battle about to start or there's like a dragon somewhere and or like in minecraft actually no not really in minecraft minecraft is more just ambient and like but in uh sure. in games like you know like uh oh doom when you there's a lot of times where there's kind of no music but when you go into a certain area and you have to fight things then the music immediately comes back on and then you have to go and fight great okay sorry luke i cut you off answer uh mr ferris question sorry Mr. Ferris question. <laughs> um, so what was, and this is, this one is probably a little more challenging for you in terms of it, but. Um, oh, right. The last time. Yeah. Yeah. So, the last time. Last night, I actually, I didn't, I wasn't playing well last night, but I was listening to the, there's a lot of villains in World of Warcraft, obviously, but one of the most, one of the biggest and one of the most fan favorites, uh, he's the Lich King, right? And he's existed since, like, the dawn of Warcraft, right? Like, when you think of World of Warcraft, you think of the Lich King. And after you uh, kill him in Ice Crown Citadel, there's a cinematic that plays. And it's, like, his main theme. You know what I mean? Because Arthas, the Lich King's name is Arthas. He started out as a good guy, right? And then he slowly transitioned into this powerful villain. So as much as it's good that you have slain this, this villain, right, He's so iconic, and he's such a tragic character that you almost feel sad, you know, when you're watching this, this cinematic. Because, I mean, and the ghost of his father shows up, and he's like, Father, is it over? And he's like, Yes, my son. No king rules forever. You know what I mean? So as much as you're like, Yay, we killed the bad guy, it's also kind of a touching moment. So, and I guess um, that's a good, uh, in terms of the, the Lich King, and he has a theme. You mentioned theme a lot, and that's, I think, the interesting thing in it. Do you think that, um, does the music, does the music connect with you because, um, because of the specific scene that happens? Or if you were to listen to, like, his theme in isolation, I think we know the end. I think we know Trav's answer if we ask the Halo the or Halo theme one. But if we had you listen to that theme in isolation, does it is there enough there or is there enough connection there that you can recognize it and have some kind of like recollection of that moment? Absolutely. That's what I did last night. I, I oh, okay. You listened to it. I just yeah. listened to it, you know, and it took me right back to that scene. Um, because I think that to me, I think that's where um and I think rightly so um, Marissa and I talk a lot about, or we have this week talked a lot about this idea of like the music that happens in the background or the vertical versus horizontal and all these things. And I think that um, there's a lot of that. And I think there's a, there's a technical difficulty or challenge in like filling a 40 hour game with music. So it doesn't feel awkward and feel like you're moving in complete silence. Um, but I think at the same time, that in and of itself is like a different part of the game versus the themes and the actual or orchestrated music and things like that. Because I think that uh, the music definitely, the, the moments that people remember are like the big story beats and stuff like that. Um, so it's interesting. It's, I, just, I like to hear that people grasp the themes as strongly as they do. Uh, oh, with, with going back to like video game music as a work, 
some of the Halo games have different pieces of music that connect with it. Uh, Halo 1 is the main theme that first started out. Halo 2 is the theme, but it's electric guitar. And that's actually my alarm every single morning. So every single morning, I, I wake up fantastic. So, and, and Halo 3, is, I think that's the point where the piano part comes in much more and uh, the string part. Uh, and then Halo 3 ODST, which is very different from any other games. You're no longer the super soldier. You're just some random she soldier back. on the battlefield. But yeah. keep going. But and it, it uses saxophone. And it's like it's like this weird, smooth jazz, but very see, sad music. But I agree with you. But so here's the thing, and I'm gonna try and explain this in a way that we get Marissa back here. Okay. Um, so I agree with everything you said in terms of that. But why does ODST? There's a reason. Why does ODST um, sound like? Why does it have like a jazzy feel or a saxophone feel? Because I, well, I think because that you, there's like kind of almost two stories that you kind of go with. There's the one where you are alone in this ginormous city of New Mombasa, which is in Africa, which is the first place where um, the first mission, uh, I think in, Halo, Halo 2, the first mission Halo 2 is set on Earth. And it's, you see this place in complete ruins, no human, no other human in sight but you. So, and keep going with that, like how do you progress stuff happening in that, in the game? And so you're yeah. by yourself, it's nighttime, yes? Pretty much, yeah, exclusively. Yeah. How do you progress? What do you do? You go around and find clues as to what happened, like in in battle or what happened to other characters that you know of so like it's something like, yeah when you find no, like a helmet or like a broken gun or bandages and so the reason it, it has back. you're right so the reason it has the saxophone sound is because it's meant um it's meant to emulate like a mercy you'll have the best gauge of this probably than all of them it's meant to emulate like a, a film noir kind of thing yeah. where you know where it's like you have like the detective yeah he's in like the 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 poorly lit office and he's like doing a voiceover thing yeah that's what it's meant to like huh. do so it's almost always dark you're by yourself there's stuff that happens but you're pretty much picking up clues it's meant to feel like you're like a detective um See, so it's so interesting that you just said that because like the other day you were asking like do you ever see yourself playing a game whatever and i'm like nah, i don't really have any interest however something about what you just described like that, I feel like that would really like have me engaged. And it's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of extra stuff and a lot of heavy things that go along with it or like backstory, but the, the ability to take something as iconic as the Halo music, like Travis said, and turn it into like a film noir is really yeah. neat. Um, so that's, as he mentioned it, I wanted to get there because I think um, that's where I find the most interesting element of it um and to continue to tie it in terms of the orchestration how it's decided um we mentioned it very briefly with andy but the the halo theme the initial theme that travis talks about um is another example of it's a it it's a piece of music it does what it does but later on you find out it's actually like a religious hymn for these aliens so 
that's why it's sung by human voices because it's meant to feel more emotional and not it's not meant to feel artificial because the the ring itself and the sci-fi elements are artificial but the like the beliefs that come with it are ingrained in these like aliens man this is crazy so it's very interesting yeah um also just like a side note how long do you guys have we didn't ask oh i have all the time in the world okay i know luke you have an ap test so i think we're starting to we're pretty i mean We've I been, just want to make sure we're not like if you guys had class or something, we're not sitting here like talking through your science class or whatever. Um, no, you're all good. Okay. Yeah, but I think we're like as we're we're as we're winding towards the we've exhausted a lot of Halo, and there's a lot of Halo that can be explored and things like that. And we talked about World of Warcraft um, before we kind of like find our way out or close it out. Do you guys have any like honorable mentions or special ones that you pay attention to that? Um, maybe you you can't talk to uh, talk to at as at length as you can World of Warcraft and Halo, but just other ones that are worth mentioning musically. Uh, it's funny that Travis brought up Minecraft because in Minecraft music is actually a reward. There's these you can build a uh, you can craft a jukebox, and then if you can get a skeleton to shoot a creeper by like standing having the creeper in between you and the skeleton while he's trying to shoot you it'll drop a music disc and you can collect these music discs as a reward for doing something kind of tricky. And then they added the new one recently. If you go into the nether, which is basically hell and you find this like remains of a, like a, a fortress almost, uh, you can get this special music disc called pig step. I actually played it in for one of my, uh, my flip grids. I don't know if you remember that, but, um, so in that way, like Minecraft, music is is held in like a higher regard because it's it's an achievement for doing something difficult you know oh that's the same thing in doom too because uh you can go around and find these records of like heavy metal albums from the game and you can play it in the background if you want that's awesome it's just interesting to think about it in terms of um it's almost an inverse in some ways, rather than thinking about it as what narrates your time, but using it as a reward. Yeah. So you're, you're not, it's not what's there to like hide the progress, but it's, it's there to emphasize your, your achievement in it, which is kind of cool yeah. to think about. Um, so I enjoyed getting, um, this is obviously something that I think there's a lot of enjoyment and passion in from especially younger generations of thing so it was cool to get and unintentionally two fairly different um approaches to it in terms of game style and things like that so it was very cool to hear what you guys thought um in different ways but um do you have any closing thoughts or comments before we wrap this one up i just i want to say one thing so in world of warcraft we're going back to that there is this one scene and like when you press like wasd or the arrow keys you run you know, it's the most simple action in the game you can do. You can run. But there's this one part in the game where you are running from these bad guys. You've, like, gone into their world. You've destroyed the portal so they can't invade yours. But now they're, like, surrounding you. And the might of the Iron Horde is going to try and destroy you. You know what I mean? So, like, you're not fighting them. You're not, like, you know, having any plans or, like, tactics or anything. You're just running. You're holding down W. 
and you're fleeing for your life. And usually, like just running down a like a path isn't so exciting. But there's like the horns in the background and the percussion's going wild and the strings are going like a mile a minute. And it really like spikes the intensity for such a simple action, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to look up all of this stuff. I'm getting like inundated with music suggestions this week. So I'm going to start in that description, Just in that description alone, I had like three more ideas of different things that we could go down a rabbit hole of later. I think we should the have an episode really two got- of this. Yeah. The thing that really got me was like, he's like, you're running for your life. You're just holding down W. <laughs> I'm like sitting there imagining like, okay, anyway. But again, it's a, um, right. it's a synapse thing because if the intent is for her, I bet you someone went all out when they wrote that part of music and things like that. And they wanted you to take a chance to like experience it. So they went, have them do nothing. Otherwise, this thing is going to go yeah. haywire. So, um, yeah. Trav, any closing thoughts for you? Um, just another emotion that comes out of the Halo soundtrack. Halo 1, the mission, the library, is the scariest mission of all time. And it's just you have to walk through this ginormous alien structure fighting and running away from basically space zombies. And it has this theme where it's a combination of uh, the Halloween Michael Myers theme and like all these and just like scraping and it's just terrifying when I was life when I was just little and played it. No, I have an idea. I have an idea. I have more ideas. I have plenty of ideas from the please two of you talking, in terms please. of this stuff. Um, no, I think this is like a nice round out spot, and then maybe we'll um, we'll look at a continuation or. Um, maybe I'll get assistance from you guys as we try and get Marissa to experience some of these things a little more <laughs> firsthand at some point. But um, so thank you both of you for hanging out with us and chatting. Thank you, Bob. Um, yes. Yeah. And for those of you uh, listening that made it all the way to the end here, tomorrow is our, our one live one for the week. Um, it's an extra special one for us because at the end of this year, what we were hoping, uh, one of the big things we wanted to do was for our combined concert, we were going to play um, two movements from Calling All Dawns, specifically the Bobby Yetu uh, piece, which is featured in Civilizations. Um, and we're actually going to have a live interview with the composer of Calling All Dawns, Christopher Tin. So that'll be at Marissa 2.30, normal 2:30, time? 2.30, yep, normal time. Perfect. So that one will be live on YouTube. So be sure to um, pay attention to social media and stuff like that. And we'll tweet the link out and hopefully we'll see a bunch of you to join us and ask your own questions and things like that tomorrow at two 30. Awesome. All right. Say bye guys. I'm so sad that. Bye. Bye, bye. guys.